Hello, and welcome to the Harvest Podcast, brought to you by The Field in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we put love into action. We hope that you are blessed by these previous sermons by our pastor, Reverend Dr. Peter M. Weary. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a comment on whichever podcast platform you use. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church, as well as Instagram at The Field CLT. Be blessed. Dressed in his robe.
and you called on the name of Jesus, somebody ought to give him a praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you for reminding us in that great hymn of the church, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. One of the great voices in Christendom, Mitchell Johnson, 
What an anointing. What a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to the Word. If you ain't ready now, you're not going to be ready. Mark, the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, beginning with the 14th verse, right through verse 20. Good News Translation offers this. After John had been put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee and preached the good news from God. The right time has come, he said, and the kingdom of God is near. Turn away from your sins and believe the good news. As Jesus walked along the shore of Lake Galilee, he saw two fishermen, Simon and his brother Andrew, catching fish with a net. Jesus said to them, come with me and I will teach you to catch people. At once they left their nets and went with him. He went a little farther on and saw two other brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. They were in their boat getting their nets ready. As soon as Jesus saw them, he called them. They left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men and went with Jesus. Verse 15b says, turn away from your sins and believe the good news. Verse 17, Jesus said to them, come with me. Would you pray with me this morning on the subject DWI, doing what's important. Let's pray. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope. Let my will be lost in thine. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I love the movie, The Green Mile. You've never seen it, 1999 or somewhere around there. Tells the story of an unlikely prisoner by the name of John Coffey. And his relationship that develops with the keeper of the cell block on which he was confined, death row. The Green Mile, they called it because the floor looked like faded lines. Long story short, John Coffey had an inexplicable healing power, which he used on Hanks, making Hanks not only the recipient of that power, but the custodian of it for the balance of his life. Hanks didn't ask for it. He didn't seek it out. Really, this power found him. He discovers later in life that this power, while interesting, is most inconvenient and actually burdensome. Hanks is an unwilling conscript into a life of unusual ability and therefore unusual service. 
That's it. That's the summary of today's text. In the passage before us this morning in the gospel according to Mark, Jesus finds his first disciples and he issues what scholars have described as the imperious call. In other words, Jesus sort of stands back and summons these first disciples like a king would beckon a servant. He summons them. It's the content and consequences of that call which are of importance to us today. The nature of a call from God family is that the call invariably comes while we're minding our own business. I know mine sure did. There are no resume builders that you can craft which will guarantee a call is issued. God just calls, he calls whom he wants to call. Usually the call comes to those whose resumes human screeners would reject. God does not, I say God does not call just preachers. God calls people from every walk of life, from every station in a culture, from every corner of obscurity. There's no place a person can hide to get away from God's call. If one tries to get away, God will keep on calling. Ask Jonah. I, I, I'm crazy enough to argue today that this text in, includes the knowledge that God calls you. The content of God's call a lot of times is offensive and unwanted. God commissions those God calls to carry words that are not yours, but God's. God requires that the one who's called speak words that will many times offend the audience to which God sends you. His words are often designated to provoke a response from the hearers. That's why radical obedience is required to answer God's call. But he wanted, uh, he wanted us to know that we should be warned that what God has to say a lot of times rubs even the mouthpiece the wrong way. Mark's treatment of the call of these first four disciples is terse and streamlined. In short, it is sweet and to the point. This call account is stripped of any extraneous detail and it's reduced to its mere essence. Jesus sees, Jesus calls, and disciples follow. That's it. Unlike the other synoptics, that is Matthew and Luke, nobody spots Jesus in this account walking afar off. Jesus doesn't, does all the seeing in this 
text. Nobody runs off and invites someone else to follow. Jesus does all the calling here, and then it's up to the prospective disciples to respond based on what's required. I would argue that that same principle is at work here at the field this morning. Jesus has spotted you, and he is calling you. Now, it's up to you to decide what you're going to do with the jarring reality of what's being required of you. Will you, like Jonah, continue to waste precious time trying to get out of that call and get away from what God is confronting you with? Will you, like Jonah, continue to wiggle and squirm and moan and complain about the hard truths God is expecting you to grapple with? One of the other lectionary readings for this week from 1 Corinthians 7, 29 to 31 suggests that time is winding up, family. It's time to stop procrastinating. It's time to stop dilly-dallying. It's time to stop expecting that the preacher is going to do all the call answering. Jesus is speaking to some disciples sitting in living rooms and cars and on breaks at work all over the country and the world. Time as we have known it is no more. As always in Mark, there's a sense of urgency about this call. It's time Time for all of us who've been charged with being incarnational, that is, with making God flesh through our own lives, uh, through our witness, through our various ministries, it's time for all of us to answer the call of Christ. Have I lost anybody? It's time for all of us who are hooked up with the holy to catch a case, to get a charge, to get picked up on a DWI. I know somebody's saying I ain't going back to that church no more. He wants me to catch a DWI. I thought I was through with all of that. No, I dare you to do what's important. I dare you to leave here today. Go home and tell somebody in your circle, I went to church today and got picked up on a DWI doing what's important. What is it? According to Jesus, the first part of the content of his message and what seems to be the most important is found in verse 15 where Jesus tells the disciples to first of all initiate change. Listen to verse 15. Jesus says, the right time has come and the kingdom of God is near. Listen, turn away from your sins. And believe the good news. The words turn away used here in verse 15 come from a word that shows up in most Bibles as the word repent. But, but repent 
comes from the Greek expression, which means to change direction. I want to emancipate this word repent from its evangelical stodginess and, and narrow-mindedness. All we think about sometimes is get them saved, get them saved, get them saved. It's just like folk who are always hollering about getting folks saved, and once you get them saved, then forget about them. Don't care whether they got a job, don't care whether they can vote, don't care whether they can stay together in their families, don't care about anything, but just get them saved, get them saved, get them saved. So we've got some numbers to put on a tally sheet. No, but, but too many folk believe this phrase just means say I'm sorry, then do it all over again. That's why, that's why it doesn't mean turn all the way around. Repent does not mean turn around like this here. Repent means turn around like this here. Because when you turn this way, you're headed in another direction. Y'all still with me? I'm going somewhere. Too, too many folk, that's why it, it means turn around just enough to go somewhere else. Can I talk to some people who need to go somewhere else? Whether, whether you say repent or turn away, the meaning is the same. It means to change your direction. It means to shift your priorities. It means to live with a whole new approach to life. At its essence, to repent means to change. This is the change that results from making up your own mind that wherever you were headed before, you're not going that way anymore. Disciples need to change direction. That's why they've got diet programs out here now that don't focus on food first because how many know you can focus on food, dieting, and gain weight? No, unless you change the real estate between your two ears, that's six inches, unless you decide to change, to initiate a new direction, to upset the way you've been traveling, you ain't never going to change. You're never going to go in a new direction. You're going to keep on getting the same thing you got over and over and over again. The very nature, y'all, of discipleship is being ready when the Lord calls to drop everything, to reconsider our direction, to go where he is is going. Can I tell y'all that everybody Jesus ever called found this requirement inconvenient and overwhelming. In fact, every call story and every one of them in the Bible, the one called seems to spend some time arguing with themselves or with God over the reasons why they can't change direction and do what the Lord says do. Very few do it right away. Precious few in the scriptures. Everybody had to wrestle some. I hear Moses saying, well, Lord, how can I go? I don't know how to go. I can't go. Who, who are you? How can, who should I tell them sent me? Asking a whole lot of questions. Anytime you want to know when folk don't want to do something, just listen to how many questions they ask before they take action. In fact, every call story in the Bible is no mere static call to point out and get rid of sins. Here in the Gospels, especially here in Mark, Jesus seems to require a higher standard, standard for disciples. He just says, turn away, realign, reposition reconsider, recalibrate, 
When I get to your street, just say amen. Reformulate, re-envision, reimagine. The problem with the average disciple Jesus calls is that he or she finds it too hard to imagine life with the new possibilities and the new approaches God's going to require to live kingdom lives. You ought to know that kingdom lives are different than regular lives, the way we've been headed before we moved into the kingdom. In the kingdom, just enough is never enough. In the kingdom, you got to love enemies as well as your friends. In the kingdom, you got to trust God that there is no such thing as scarcity. In the kingdom, you got to believe that healing is possible and sometimes without a doctor. In the kingdom, you've got to believe that, that light comes out of darkness and that multiplication comes out of division and that wholeness comes out of brokenness. Jesus says it's time to do what's important. He says, turn away. Do what's important. Change from what was into what could be. Can I talk to some churches who are stuck on stupid. You've been failing during the pandemic, struggling and wondering why you are doing as badly as you're doing. Can I talk to some saints? And I want to talk to some ain'ts who are stuck at home and biting your fingernails and hair falling out because you're isolated and, and you're too concerned about how you're going to make it as isolated as you are. Everybody has wrestled with that stuff. But when you consider that in the isolation, God has you on the backside of the wilderness, turning you away from the highways you've been used to and placing you in some places where he can talk with you and where he can deal with you and change your insight and, and give you better eyesight. Matter of fact, he says, turn away, change to what could be. That's the big enemy of most disciples. We don't want to talk about what could be. We're too wedded to what was. That's what's important. Don't just look for God to do it. This text says you do it. You turn away from the distractions and the distemper of past mistakes and you turn your attention to the new direction God has for you in Christ. Turn away from whatever your life was before Jesus called you and embrace a life you've never imagined. I'm challenging churches. I'm challenging the field. Turn away from what was, not because you don't like it or it wasn't good, but because you need to be hearing. You need to have an auditory visitation of the Holy Ghost. You need to be able to hear what God is calling you to now. And church as we have known it is never to be again. Somebody ought to say amen. You, you just turn away from whatever was because if you idolize what was, that is idolatry. That is sin. Unless you can embrace with joy where God is pointing you you will fail. Here it is. Jesus says, Jesus says, turn away. Turn away. Not only from your sins, turn away from your former way of life. Initiate change. I, I really could stop preaching right there because for the average person in a church, that is anathema. That is blasphemy. Initiate change. Churches do all they can to make sure no change ever happens. You try changing something. You try moving something. You try rearranging something. You'll find out that change is not as welcome as it should be. Jesus says initiate it. You seek it. You hear about it. You learn 
turn from it. You go toward it. Turn away, he says, from your sins. Sometimes sin is something we've placed on a pedestal that was meant for good, but the enemy used it for evil. Turn away, he says. Initiate change. I know y'all ain't going to stay with me long. I better hurry up because I see some folk drawing up already. He says initiate change and then listen in the Holy Ghost for this one. He says learn how to leap. Watch it. Verse 15 it says the right time has come. Kairos time has come. God's time has come, he said. And the kingdom of God is near. Turn away from your sins. Listen to this conjunction after this conjunction. And believe the good news. To, to believe here doesn't mean to list your denomination as Baptist on some information blank. That ain't what believing means. The, the, the nature of believing is very specific, y'all, and powerful. It, Jesus invites everybody listening and parenthetically every prospective disciple to rise above, to transcend the meager circumstances of the possible. Just focusing on the possible ain't nothing but politics. Let me show you what I mean. Benjamin Franklin defined politics as the art of the possible. That is, you figure out what's possible among your colleagues and then you work towards that and no more. So then in politics, nobody gets everything they want, but I get a little bit, you get a little bit, and we settle for something less than what is ideal. No, here Jesus invites his disciples to catch a DWI. He says instead, get a charge, catch a case, do what's important. What's important here is to live with total trust and total reliance, to put your trust completely in God. It means putting one's life completely in God's hands. I done lost some of y'all already. Not, not as a passive, helpless statistic because you can't do any better. No, I get so sick of hearing people say, all I can do is pray as if prayer is some pitiful last resort. No, it means that even though you see an easier way than faith, you choose faith anyway because faith is what distinguishes us from every other creature. Human Humans alone can't take a leap of faith because faith risks falling. Humans alone, we're the only ones who, who can do it. We can't do it by ourselves, but humans are the only ones who can do it. This faith is not in some silly superstition. Jesus specifically charges that, that doing what's important depends on putting our faith in the gospel, in the good news of Jesus Christ. This good news is a problem, though, family, for a whole lot of people, and, and it can disqualify some erstwhile disciples because it requires a leap of faith. The good news requires us uh, to leap beyond what we know we can accomplish. Just what is this good news? The good news, y'all, and I'm through. Can I just testify a minute? The, the good news is, is, is a loving God who created humans in his own likeness and in his own image. I mean, what kind of a God is this who would put his own power inside of weak, uh, weak and mean 
mealy mouth creatures of flesh. That is the good news. The good news is that a loving God who created us to be imago dei in his image, in the image of God. What is the good news? The good news is a suffering savior who is the son of God, the only prophet ever to claim that he is himself God, co-equal with God, come from God, and then go right on and prove it by raising from the dead. Mark says that if you want to get your DWI, you need to believe with more than lip service the claims of the gospel, that, that God through Christ is bringing the world back to himself. That's a leap, because I know a whole lot of folk who have wandered off into the far country. I know a lot of believers who have wandered off in churches into the far country. That's because the good news requires that we believe God is bringing everybody, every human, every person back in line with his loving nature. Uh, the good news is that, that because of Christ, every enemy of humankind has been destroyed and the last enemy, death, has been defanged. That's a leap. It's hard for us to imagine that when we close our eyes in death that there's something beyond this mortal frame, this mortal pale that the, the writer, the hymn writer Mitch said, my anchor holds within the veil through every high and stormy gale. That's the good news and that's a leap that the last enemy that has been destroyed is in fact death. The good news is that because of Christ, I can do all things. Ain't that what the word said? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the good news. What is the good news? It is the gospel but when I believe the gospel I can answer God's call. I can get my DWI. I can do what's important because when you embrace the gospel, you get some Holy Ghost power to lead some stuff behind. Peter and Andrew left their business symbolized by their daddy. James and John left their family and their business. The text says immediately, that word appears all throughout the gospel of Mark, immediately they followed him. They didn't recriminate. They did not vacillate. They did not cogitate. They did not wait. But when Jesus called, they turned and followed him. That is the gospel. In the end, family, answering the call of Jesus is not so much about what you take on. It's much more about what you're willing to leave behind. And so I hear the hymn writer say, I left my friends and kindred bound for the promised land. Ain't that what the old church said? The grace of God upon me, the Bible in my hand. In distant lands I trod, crying, sinner, come to God. So ever since since Thursday uh, in April of, of, of that year, 1978, I've been on the battlefield for my Lord. I, I turned from my sins. I, I turned from the things which defined me, the human frailty which limited me, and I embraced a power that is higher than I. I leapt and believed that no matter what I used to be, the gospel could make me what I needed to be. Just don't ever forget that you can't live like you ought to live. You can't 
catch your DWI. You can't do what's important unless you learn how to leap. The old song says, I learned how to lean and depend on Jesus. I wish I could get me some saints in the field today who would get up off that arthritis, who would get up off those excuses and learn how to leap, learn how to go into a realm of possibility that is occasioned by the name of Jesus. Initiate some change in your life, even if you got to change the chairs at your dining room table. Start somewhere, change something, even if you got to go to work by a different route this morning. You just go a different way, and I declare you'll find out that if any person be in Christ, she is a new creature. All things are passed away, and all things have become brand new. Yeah, just learn how to initiate change. Learn how to leap, because when you leap, you won't be leaping by yourself. I used to teach preachers when we were talking about the celebration of a sermon that there comes a time, y'all, when the study is all over. If you ain't studied by the time you stand, you need to just stay sitting down. But when you get to that place where the Holy Ghost begins to whisper sweet nothings in your ear, it's equivalent to leaping out on the wind. And when you leap, you're on a steep cliff and on the other side of a deep ravine is another cliff your assignment is listen you disciples to jump in the air and catch yourself on the zephyr of the wind I'm talking about the Holy Ghost and fly up and down where he says fly until he lands you on the other side I don't know about you y'all but I'm leaping I'm leaping Adam jumped out on the wings invisible of an invisible God and I feel a tangible power that is beyond my own ability I feel some dunamis power some power I ain't supposed to have but I got it anyhow that's when you leap and God will meet your needs. That's when you leap and God will show you the way. That's when you leap and God will fight your battles. That's when you leap and God will open doors. Somebody say yes. That's when you leap and God will let you open your mouth and God will speak for you. Yes, yeah. Learn how to leap because when you turn from your sins, divine provision will come to your rescue. When you're walking in another direction, divine aid will come to see about you. When you turn in another direction, he will show you great and wonderful things that you have not 
ever seen before. Yes, Lord, when you learn how to leap, he'll give you joy in the midst of despair. When you learn how to leap, he'll give you peace that surpasses human understanding. When you learn how to leap, he will, he will, he will lift you up above your enemies, round about you. Yes, learn how to leap. I wish I had me some leaping things somewhere in the sanctuary. As you just leap, he will make up the difference. If you learn how to leap, you get out of the ditch. If you learn how to leap, you'll find power. You'll find joy. Yes! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the kingdom leap. You better learn how to initiate change because if you keep doing what you've always done, you're just going to get what you've always had. I wish I could get me some leapers in this house. Learn how to leap. It's a faith move, y'all. It's a kingdom move. Jesus says, turn from your sins and believe the gospel. Believe these impossible things and a God who can specialize in things which seem impossible will come to your rescue. Hallelujah. I hope somebody got something I was talking to myself. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here today and you, you know you need this Christ in your life, I challenge you give your life to him today. He's calling for you. A Savior's waiting. A Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? There's nothing in this world to keep you apart. What is your answer to him? 
For time after time He has waited before And now He is waiting again To see if you're willing To open the door Oh, how He wants to come in You know you've heard His voice you know you felt his power. You, you may not have understood what was happening in the moment. Can I tell you that feeling that was inexplicable in your heart, the tears that came, that is the pulling, the tugging of love reaching for you. Why don't you pray with me? Repeat this prayer after me. And when you do, if, you, if you're going to repeat this prayer, it means you need Jesus in your life. Maybe for the first time. It means that you need a church family. You can have one right here and right now. We here at the field are waiting on you. We've designed this entire experience under the leadership of the Holy Ghost to give you this opportunity. That's how much the Lord loves you. Come on, pray after me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins the wrongs I've done. I need you, come on, say it after me, as my Savior. I am powerless to save myself. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Listen, go ahead and put it in the chat bar right now. How do I get to know Jesus? Go ahead, put it in the chat bar right now. I want to be a part of your church or that hashtag you see at the bottom of your screen, Field Me, CLT. Somebody from our ministry team will reach out to you and make sure you have this opportunity. We can make sure you're baptized wherever you live in the world. We can make sure that you give wherever you are in the world. These are the marks of a disciple. We can make sure that you do ministry wherever you live in the world. We can make sure that you are cared for by a church family and a pastor, pastors who love and care about you. Just do it. Do it right now. Come on. Mitch, you know that old tune? We are not ashamed of this gospel. Come on. While he's singing, you ought to be doing it, making the move right now. Just go ahead. I need some folk right now to be obedient. You know what you feel and what you hear. Just do it.
Let him speak to your heart. somebody this is the Lord's day that day when we remember the sacrifice of Jesus on Calvary through giving thanks for his body broken for us and his blood shed for us so wherever you are and whatever you have get some elements that you can use as a remembrance of this great sacrifice made for us. Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and broke it gave it to his friends and he said take this and eat of it all of you this is my body it shall be broken for you this do in remembrance of me Likewise, after supper, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks and praise. He gave it to his friends and he said, take this and drink of it all of you. This is 
the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant, the mystery of faith. It shall be shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. This do in remembrance of me. That is the gospel. We're not ashamed of it. As we leave this place, say it with us. We are not ashamed. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go to your job and tell them tomorrow, we're not ashamed. We says when the meal was over they sang a hymn and went out unto the Mount of Olives go in peace Thank you so much for listening to the Harvest Podcast. We pray that the message has uplifted, encouraged, and challenged you as you continue your walk with God. If you're looking for a church home, 
The great news is the field is not confined by the four walls of the church, for we all know that the people are the church. If you wish to become a partner in ministry, but more importantly, a member of God's family, simply reach out to us on Facebook at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church or on Instagram at The Field CLT. Thank you once again and be blessed.